Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Welcome back to the Tom Harbin Program, broadcasting on commercial radio stations from coast to coast on Sirius XM all across the North American continent, on Pacifica stations across America, Europe, and Africa, on American Forces Radio, and every U.S. military base in the world, and your electronic device via TuneIn, Progressive Voices, Tom Hartman app, and simulcast as television via Free Speech TV Network on Dish Network, DirecTV, and cable systems all over the country. I'm looking at this so-called transcript of this telephone conversation between uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine and Donald Trump. And I want to point out a couple of things that I think are important and consequential. And one of them in particular, I think, is the big deal, the real big deal here that is being completely ignored by the media, or at least was up until the time I went on the air. And maybe they've started talking about it. I haven't seen anything about it in the Chiron on CNN, but, you know, who knows? I haven't been watching every minute. But if you read this out loud... This is a conversation that started at 9.03 a.m. on July 25th and ended at 9.33. It's a half hour, half hour long conversation. And if you read it out loud slowly, it takes 10 or 11 minutes. So there's 20 minutes of content missing here. Now, there are people who, uh, you know, particularly on Twitter, have been saying to me, well, it's not a transcript. When I read this, it reads more like a transcript than like notes. I've taken notes in meetings. I've taken notes in board meetings. You, you know, when you take notes, you say, you know, so-and-so said, uh, maybe we should think about this. And such-and-such such said, well, how, you know, but the, but the larger consideration is, and you just, you know, you hit the high points like that. This is, looks to me like word for word. You know, it starts out, congratulations, this is the president, congratulations on a great victory. We all watched from the United States, and you did a terrific job. The way you came from behind somebody who wasn't given much of a chance, and you ended up winning easily. It's a fantastic achievement. Congratulations. That is a transcript. Those are not notes. So we have a transcript here that is missing apparently two-thirds of its content, or at least half of its content. So where might that content have gone? Well, speaking as a writer, as <laughs> I've got 25, I think, books in print and have written a few more than that, I can tell you that there is this cool little device that writers use 
where you want to delete some content. For example, I'm working on this book on Monopoly right now, and last week I was writing a chapter for it about, you know, the founder's perspective on Monopoly, and Thomas Jefferson wrote this long letter about monopolies in commerce. In fact, he demanded of James Madison that that be something put into the Constitution, a ban on monopolies in commerce. And so he writes this long letter to Governor Morris, and there's a great paragraph, a great couple of paragraphs in there that kind of opens with something and closes with something. And then there's a bunch of stuff in the middle where he just kind of wanders all over the place. So I took the first couple, you know, the first half of a sentence and the last half of a sentence, three paragraphs down, and I put them together and I put dot, dot, dot between the two of them, indicating that a bunch of content is missing here. It's called an ellipsis. If you're not, you know, if you didn't take English in high school, and, you know, a lot of us didn't, then I get it. Um, just plug that into a search engine, E-L-L-I-P-I-S-I-S, -I -I ellipsis. And, you know, it'll pop up and say, deleted content. So if we're asking the question, where is the deleted content in this transcript? given that the transcript represents about 10 or 12 minutes of conversation and it was a 30-minute talk, where is that content? Then what you look for are ellipses, right? That's how in both literature, well, and apparently in transcripts, you delete material. And there are three separate places in this transcript where there are ellipses. And I think that they're really important places. I mean, keep in mind, we're missing at least half the conversation. And so here comes the first ellipsis, right? Here's President Zelensky is talking to Trump. This is on page two. You can, you know, it's only a five-page document. It's on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post if you want to print it out or, and read along with me. The bottom of page two, Zelensky. I would also like to thank you for your great support in the area of defense. We are ready to continue to cooperate for the next steps. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins. I'm assuming he's talking about the missile system. More javelins from the United States for defense purposes. Trump replies. Okay, so the president of Ukraine has said, we're ready to give you guys some money to get some more weapons, you know, basically bringing up the topic. This is after they've been basically glad-handing each other for a page and a half about you're wonderful, no, you're better, you're wonderful too. And so Zelensky says, we're ready to take those javelins. And Trump replies, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country's been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say CrowdStrike, ellipsis. Now, CrowdStrike was the company, the group who tracked down the hack on the DNC, was it not? I need to Google this. And I'm pretty sure that CrowdStrike was the company that did the analysis, or perhaps they were the ones who did the analysis on Hillary Clinton's We'll find out. Sean is looking it up while we talk. Anyhow, he says, they say CrowdStrike. And then there's just like an ellipsis. There's a bunch of missing content there. So is he talking about Hillary Clinton's servers? And if so, does he think that she had a server in Ukraine? CrowdStrike was the group that analyzed Hillary Clinton's yeah. servers on behalf of whom? 
So number one, we've got this giant hole where he basically brings up Hillary Clinton or maybe the dossier. And then he says, after that, after that, what I think is probably a massive chunk of deleted content, then he says, I guess you have one of your wealthy people, ellipsis. Now here we're talking about Ukrainian oligarchs, the people who are paying Paul Manafort, Donald Trump's campaign manager who's in jail for taking money from Ukrainian oligarchs. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, ellipsis. What's missing there? And then he goes on, he says, the server, they say Ukraine has it. Really? So this goes back to CrowdStrike, which goes back to Hillary Clinton. But we don't know because apparently a whole bunch of stuff is missing. Now, somebody tweeted to me saying, a representative of the White House said those ellipses simply mean he paused. Uh, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that anymore. That, I mean, this is Sharpie Gate all over again, right? So he says, I guess you have one of your wealthy people, ellipsis, deleted material. The server, they say, Ukraine has it. There are a whole lot of things that went on, the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. Oh, really? I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. Now, keep in mind, this is all after Zelensky says we'd like our weapon systems. And then he references Robert Mueller. He says, as you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it if that's possible. So that's the first instance where there are ellipses, and there are two of those on page three. The next one is on page four. And again, it's Donald Trump speaking, and the ellipses don't happen when Zelensky, Zelensky is talking. They only happen when Trump is talking. And I think this is the biggest part of this story, other than the fact that we're talking about this transcript rather than talking about the whistleblower, which is really what, you know, now the White House is going, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get the whistleblower stuff. Anyhow, Trump goes on, he says, the other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son. The Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So where, whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. He's talking about our attorney general, Bill Barr, who apparently has not recused himself. And then Trump goes on, Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, ellipsis. Now, what did he say there? So if you can look into it, maybe we can use this as a club to beat up Joe Biden. Or if you can look into it, maybe we can prove that, you know, he's a terrible vice president. Or if you could, you know, what did, what was he saying there? So there's lots and lots of, you know, pontification and speculation about all the other pieces of this and what all is going on with this. But I really think that we need to be paying attention to the fact that this is not a complete transcript. This is less than half of the conversation. And the three juicy parts where he's talking about oligarchs, about CrowdStrike, and about Biden are the places where we see the ellipses. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's your media support group for We the People, the Tom Hartman Program. We'll be right back.
Oh my, CrowdStrike Holdings, an American cybersecurity company. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's pick up your phone calls here and uh, see where we go with all of this. Mike in Lamita, California. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, Don, just a few quick points. I haven't seen covered in the press. One is that in this whole Kiev Gate business, I'm wondering whether Team Trump rats are starting to attack one another. Mm -hmm. And will Rudy Giuliani be thrown under the bus for violating the Logan Act? Uh, he said on Fox that he was sent over there to Spain to meet with Zelensky. Right. Well, if he was State actually Department. officially sent by the State Department, that would not be a violation of the Logan Act. Uh, for people who don't know, the Logan Act specifically says that Americans who are not authorized or employees of the federal government authorized to engage in foreign policy may not engage foreign governments in a way that might affect U.S. foreign policy. Right. However, I saw that denied on a State uh, Department attribution on one of the news feeds. In other words, State Department said, no, we didn't send him. So if that's the case, it sounds like there's a little bit of infighting going on, maybe. The second point was that when Director of National Intelligence McGuire shows up at Congress, if he does, he better bring the original whistleblower complaint and not a transcript or a bardlerized version. Otherwise, he better bring a toothbrush and a bar of soap. Because yeah. one week ago today, Nancy Pelosi was saying that Lewandowski should have been held on inherent contempt at the time. So, And we know the administration has said uh, that kids in cages are not entitled to uh, a bar of soap and a toothbrush because that's right. not one of the minimum requirements for people who are being held. And the third point is that Trump seems not only to have done a high political misdemeanor, but also criminal offenses of a soliciting a bribe, one of the original particulars in the first bill of impeachment in the English-speaking common law in 1376, and B, violating campaign finance laws for which Michael Cohen is currently serving a prison sentence. Right. Individual one violating campaign finance laws that where he actually ordered Michael Cohen to pay off Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, or at least Stormy Daniels and reimburse David Pecker for paying off Karen McDougal. And, you know, Michael Cohen produced the check and Michael Cohen is now cooling his heels in jail and Trump is an unindicted co-conspirator. And he's doing his felonies right in front of our eyes yeah. and defying us. Yeah, it's pretty grim stuff. Mike, thank you very much for the call. I think that this is, we are being scammed here. I think this is just like Bill Barr's operation, William Barr's, the Attorney General's operation to spin the Mueller report. Right now they're trying to spin the whistleblower report. And this is how they're doing it, is by releasing this partial transcript that has got three major redactions that are quite obvious in it. Louise and I have been using New Leaf Natural CBD oil for a while now. It's great stuff. CBD oil is non-intoxicating. It doesn't get you high. So it's great if you want the health benefits of cannabinoids without the mind-altering effects of medical marijuana or even legal pot. <laughs> CBD is non-toxic. It has potent pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. And the brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals, NU Leaf Naturals. It's the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, contains no additional additives, is grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp. 
so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. Go to newleafnaturals.com. That's N-U-LeafNaturals.com and save 30% off and get free shipping in the USA when you use the code TOM, spelled T-H-O-M. Go to N-U-LeafNaturals.com for premium cannabinoid wellness. There's only one place, NewLeafNaturals.com. That's N-U-LeafNaturals.com, code TOM, spelled T-H-O-M. NewLeafNaturals.com. Amazing stuff happened in the UK. Mini Trump, they, they used to refer to uh, Tony Blair as Bush's poodle. Boy, that description. I mean, I, Tony Blair was nothing, you know, compared to Boris Johnson. It looks like he cuts his own hair and, you know, with a mirror. Speaking of poodles. <laughs> well, let's let Victoria Jones tell us all about it. Uh, Victoria Jones with the DC Radio Company at Victoria Jones DC on Twitter. Hey, Victoria, what happened with the Supreme Court there in the UK? Yes, well, the Supreme Court in the UK has just ruled that the prorogation, the suspension of Parliament by UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson was unlawful, void, and of no effect. And therefore, Parliament has not been prorogued or suspended and can not be recalled, but can effectively come back to work at any time. Is it an implication or was it explicitly said that in getting the Queen dissolves Parliament, Boris Johnson talked to the Queen to get her to do this, that he lied to her? A, did the court explicitly say that or is that just the, the headline I'm seeing? B, if so, is that a crime? And C, is this the end of Boris Johnson's political career? Well, in normal times in Britain, you would resign when you had been shamed like this. Right. There have been calls from all over the place for Boris Johnson to resign. Um, he appeared at United Nations standing next to President Trump, and he was asked if he might step down. President Trump answered for him. I'll tell you, I know him well. He's not going anywhere. And Johnson hmm. said, no, no, no. And then Trump said that the reporter asked a very nasty question. So in answer to one of your other questions, Johnson sent his prorogation request to the Privy Council, which took it to the Queen. And Lady Hale, the president of the Supreme Court, 11 justices sat, by the way, and the decision was unanimous, said that the Privy Council's decision to advise the Queen was unlawful, void, and of no effect, and should be quashed. So in other words, yes, Boris Johnson misled the Queen with his advice. And so the Queen, Her Majesty, has been put into an extremely unpleasant, impossible position, which the Crown should never be put into because it really operates in the shadows, in the grayness of an unwritten constitution. And Boris Johnson is giving the impression now that he may suspend Parliament again because he wants a Queen's speech, and you traditionally suspend Parliament before that. But the question is, how long would he try to do it for? He's trying to keep Parliament from convening, specifically to keep them from voting on or debating or voting and or voting on something less than a hard Brexit. Is that correct? That's right. And Lady Hale, who there are many stories about this, and you can't avoid it if you see the pictures of her, bought an enormous 
giant diamond spider brooch, which is getting a lot of traction mm-hmm. all over social media, wondering what was the message she was spending, said the effect on the fundamentals of democracy was extreme. She wow. said that effectively it had not been prorogued, and she said there's no justification for taking an action with such an extreme effect that has been put before the court. And you remember that the government didn't put forward witnesses. They provided basically some scribble. They didn't provide documents. So they provided nothing to justify their actions. Remarkable. Remarkable. So just to put a bow on this, how long do you think Boris Johnson's going to last? Probably until the next general election. And Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour Party leader, closed out the Labour Party annual conference with a rousing speech. It certainly put some pep into his step Mm. by saying the tide is turning. The years of retreat and defeat are coming to an end. Together we'll take on the privilege and put the people in power. Thank you. Go forward and win an election for the people of this country. So when are the next general elections in the UK? Oh, well, they're expected to be one probably as early as November. Corbyn also called on Johnson to resign. Fascinating. Victoria Jones with the DC Radio Group. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. Great talking with you. That's fascinating stuff. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Anyway, uh, we got a, a whole conversation on other things going on here as well. Michael in Denver. Hey, Michael, what's up? Good morning, Tom. Actually, you made a comment just a little bit ago that I was going to ask you what you thought about. I've been reading a lot about Joseph Goebbels and everything that they were doing in Germany, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't put it past Trump and the Republicans to draw up a whole list of things to be investigated about Hunter Biden and for Joe Biden to bring him down. Of course they will. And Yeah, and take it to Zelensky, I guess, is the new prime minister or president of the Ukraine and saying, you want the money, you want us to support you, here's what we want you to say. But once the the whistleblower story got out on September 11th, on uh, two days later, he gave them the money. So that that horse is already out of the barn. Okay. I was just thinking about it because that was just like a trick, you know, that was done. The propagandists had come out of the Joseph Goebbels School of uh, Propaganda yeah. in Germany. They would do that. They, they would create all of these scenarios. People committed suicide because they were so, you know, freaked that, that, that either they were going to be outed. There was a German general that supposedly had some gay inclinations and everything, and later on it was proved that, no, he wasn't. He was married and all that, but he committed suicide. Right. And people in the press and, and all that, that they just sent out and said, you guys did this, and in those days they didn't take you in. They left you at the door. Oh, in the, in the mid-30s, there was actually a policy across Germany where radio stations had, had to have a special number that people could call in to make denouncements of their neighbors if they thought that their right. neighbors were suspicious. Suspicious being code for Jewish, gay, seditious, communist, trade unionists. They went after people really, really viciously. But And the big lie thing, I mean, you know, that was Goebbels all the way. Anyhow, Michael, I want to get some other callers in here. Tim in Burlington, Vermont. Tim, what's on your mind? How you doing, Tom? Appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, listen, I've grown a little concerned. Are we being duped by the radical right? And I, I ask this because of the system that, that's been implemented for so long, going way back to the South. 
and how they've got the elitists, the rich, the oligarchs, want to control our so-called democracy. What do you think on that? Well, this is the principal way that they do so is by you know, enlisting the aid of uninformed, malinformed, you know, people are, are essentially useful idiots. And the way that the oligarchs have historically done this, whether it was the oligarchs in Germany in the 30s or Italy or, or uh, Spain, or whether it's the oligarchs here in the United States right now, is turn people against each other, get people to hate each other especially if you can get them to hate based on race, things like that. Jordan, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Jordan, I have a little less than a minute here. You got a quick one? Perfect. Quick comment. I continue to hear that certain people that are still on the fence about voting for impeachment or the impeachment inquiry are because they are in Trump districts. However, I'd like to remind people they were still elected by their constituents, and that same constituent can vote you out of office if you don't take some sort of action. And I've yet to hear any pundit say, why aren't you listening to your constituency? That was my comment. Thank you. Yeah. And the thing is, everybody's running on public opinion polls that are rather old. Thank you, Jordan, for the call. It takes a week or two for good polling to be done and then for the results to come out. I mean, we're just now seeing the results, well, you know, a week or so ago, the results after the last Democratic debate. So, and where that all went. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. So do you think that the impeachment should be just against Trump or should it be Trump, Pence, Pompeo and Barr? I'm inclined toward the latter. George in Santee, California. George, what's on your mind today? Yeah, good morning, Tom. Could you speak a little bit maybe on the possibility that Zelensky and the Ukrainians could blackmail Donald Trump now? Because depending on how they play this, they could maybe even sink him. They may already be blackmailing him, George. I mean, how did they get an extra $150 million out of him? Yeah, you tell me. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, it's a, I think it's entirely possible that he's being blackmailed. I think it's entirely possible that th- literally throughout his presidency, He's been being blackmailed. And certainly, I mean, this is one of the reasons that you don't do this kind of thing, because it increases the probability or the possibility of something like blackmail, which is uh, definitely not a good thing. Thanks a lot for the call, George. Mark in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hi, Tom. Thank you for the call. Uh, Just uh, to that point, could you foresee maybe Adam Schiff taking a trip to Ukraine and doing a personal deposition with the president of Ukraine on the record, or maybe... uh, Zelensky makes a trip to the House of Representatives and testifies before Congress. Do you foresee Boy, anything like that at all? Or that would make for think? some very interesting political theater. The question right now, in my mind, I mean, you know, keep in mind how, A, how corrupt Ukraine has been basically since yeah. this, you know, and most of the former Soviet states. And they, they were all de-Sovietized using Chicago School Milton Friedman economics, which basically whenever you do it, whether it's in Chile or Argentina or, you know, in Russia or the former Soviet republics, creates oligarchy, right? And so Ukraine has been insanely corrupt for a long, long time. So Zelensky, you know, he was a comedian, he was an outsider, he came in on an anti-corruption policy, but we really don't know. And some of these right. oligarchs, I mean, you know, they, these guys play for keeps. They, they, you know, threaten your family and your kids and everything else. So if you can imagine Zelensky coming to the U.S. and testifying in the House, you'd see 
Donald Trump giving himself his own golden shower, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. On the one hand. On the other hand, if he's already been corrupted or if he's terrified of oligarchs, it may actually you know, work against us. So we'll have to see. But thanks for the uh, thought, Mark. It's an interesting one. Gary in uh, Baden, Pennsylvania. Hey, Gary, what's our Baden, Pennsylvania? Gary, got to be a quick one here. We have about a half a minute. Hello, Tom Harpin. Thank you. What we need in our president, somebody that can instill hope some, and be a role model to young people growing up. And it was simple to liar. I'm quick as I can. I'm going to quote it with Carl Sandberg. It was simple for the liar in chief, but he couldn't do it. Tell the truth and obey the law. And then we can see with Carl Sandberg in America, not in the setting sun with a black knight with a spear ahead of us, but in America in the crimson light of a rising sun, fresh from the burning creative hand of God. Wow, that's brilliant. Gary, thank you for that. Greed has no heart, Gary. Thanks, Yeah, there you go. Thanks for the call. Good to hear from you after all these years. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Jackie in Grass Valley, California. Hey, Jackie, your thoughts? Hi, Tom. It's so nice to talk to you. I am calling about well, I watched Rachel, and she had a good article that she was telling us about regarding Manafort being one of the people Trump or one of his goons talked about mm-hmm. to Zelensky. Right. Rachel had the impression that he was trying to find out whether Manafort was as guilty as they said he was over here by Mueller, and I just think he's probably going to pardon Manafort and get back with him because Manafort was the one, this is another thing Rachel said, Manafort was the one that introduced Trump to all the oligarchs. Long ago, back in the day when Manafort just owned an apartment in Trump Tower around the time the Saudis bought the entire 45th floor. Yeah, they're just all going to get together after he's out of office. Yeah, I saw that segment, and I I was wondering, for people who didn't see it and don't know what we're talking about, Jackie, just a a real quick recap here. Basically, what Rachel was arguing is that Trump is trying to find information in Ukraine that would exonerate Paul Manafort. Now, why would he do that at this point while Manafort's already in jail serving on these sentences? I think it's because he can't pardon Manafort right now. He knows that that would be political dynamite. But he's trying to keep Paul Manafort from talking. Paul Manafort's got another trial coming up in state court on state criminal charges in New York, and he's looking at 10 or 20 years from that. So that would be life in prison for Paul Manafort. I mean, right now on the charges he's facing, he might be out in a couple of years. So Manafort's got to be seriously thinking about flipping on Trump. And Trump is trying to figure out how to keep Manafort from flipping. So my opinion, my belief is that this is part of a campaign by Donald Trump. And this is classic crime boss stuff to convince Manafort that his bread is buttered on the side of keeping his mouth shut and just waiting this thing out. And he'll eventually get out of jail. What do you think, Jackie? I think you're right, because if he goes to court in the state, he can't be pardoned for that. That's correct. Yeah. Once he gets a conviction from New York State all bets are off. And he's sweating that. And frankly, I think Donald Trump is sweating that as well. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Thank you very much for the call, Jackie. (laughs) It is good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. John Dean, this is, I so agree with this. John Dean has come out and he just tweeted. He said, impeachment must include A.G. Barr for cover-ups and Secretary of State Pompeo regarding Ukraine, along with President Trump. Others, as their involvement becomes apparent, this is beyond a one-man show. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy 
who was involved in the Nixon cover-up until he pulled the plug on his involvement and revealed it to the United States Senate back in the day. John Dean. You know, until last year, I'd never even seriously thought about endorsing a waste loss product, but I decided to change that after reading about university research into a molecule in olive oil that regulates appetite. My wife convinced me that there was one worth sharing, and after a year, I have to say she's right. Louise said once her appetite and cravings were under control, losing weight was easy, and she's kept it off. And now my producer, Sean, is trying Regizone, too. Sean says Regizone is the easiest diet supplement she's ever used. One capsule with breakfast and forget it. No jitters, no hunger strangle hold, no cravings. And best of all, after just a short time on Regizone, Sean says her favorite genes are a lot more comfortable again. The only ingredient in Regizone actually occurs naturally in the body and is completely non-stimulant. That appealed to both Louise and Sean. I'm guessing it will to you, too. With Regizone, Sean says she feels great and does not miss her sugar cravings. Listen, if you're looking to lose weight this season, I strongly suggest you give non-prescription Regizone a try. Use the promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, and receive up to 65% off plus free shipping. Go to Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Riduzone.com. Promo code is Tom, T-H-O-M, Riduzone.com. So our newest video over at TomHartman.com just went up. It's about PFOA, perfluorooctane octanoic acid, which is one of the chemicals that's used to make Teflon and to make some kinds of plastics and is extraordinarily toxic, both to the reproductive system. In fact, there's a, a body of thought that suggests it's associated with a drop in sperm count levels and with damage to the liver. It's extremely persistent. It's bioaccumulative. It's toxic. And the German government just did a study, of a three-year study, 2014 to 2017. They just released the results of 2,500 children all over the country. And the results are truly grim. This was just released by the German Environment Ministry. You read all about it or see all about it, hear all about it at TomHartman.com. And welcome back. We've been talking about impeachment here and where is it going and what's going on and your theories. I've shared mine with you. Mike in uh, Downers Grove, Illinois. Hey, Mike, what's up? Yeah, hi. So you pointed out President Trump said that they weren't supposed to, he was going to do an unredacted report. Right. And that for sure is a lie now. But here's the other thing I'm wondering about. And, and I'm reading at the bottom of page one. It says it's a verbatim transcript of the discussion. But no, it says it is not a verbatim transcript. Not verbatim, right. right. And I'm so do they re actually record these calls at all? I don't know. They, you know, they certainly obviously have the ability, but, you know, whether they do or not. And by the way, they note the word inaudible is used to indicate portions of a conversation that no one. I think this caution thing, I think this is just boilerplate. I think they just oh, okay. slap this on all documents. This is not specifically written for this document because the word inaudible does not appear anywhere in here. So, okay. So this because is just some, I wanna, one thing, Yeah, one thing I noticed is, or I think about is, sometimes when you say something to somebody on the phone, it is way different than if you're writing it. And that tone of voice would mean like, you are going to do something about it, aren't you? You know, that sort of thing. Right. Right. Would, I think that's why I was asking about it, because I thought like sometimes there's some coercive 
tone of voice that wouldn't get picked up in a transcript. Yeah. No, we'll we'll never hear the recording of this if one exists, I guarantee you. And frankly, I agree with Michael McFall. Uh, He's made this point several times on MSNBC yesterday that once the government starts releasing transcripts of conversations between the president of the United States and foreign leaders, you have started down a very, very dangerous road. I don't recall this ever having been done before. I may be wrong on that, but I, I don't think that it's ever been done before. Because what it does is it says to other foreign leaders, you can't trust what, that you have privacy when you're talking to the president of the United States. And I'm not, you know, everybody, of course, assumes that, you know, obviously foreign intelligence officials or whatever you would call it, you know, the CIA, the NSA, the people in the State Department, the people are listening, right? Everybody assumes that translators are there and all, everything else. But to think that the public might see it, that's something that, at this point in time, that's a huge and dangerous step that, that Trump has taken with this. And it tells me how freaked out and desperate he is to change the subject away from the whistleblower complaint. And I'm guessing that the whistleblower complaint is going to point right to those three sets of ellipses in this document. I mean, you know, time will tell, but that, that, that would be my bet. Six ellipses, doing a you could just do a you know like a find in uh, uh, the PDF, and I found six ellipses. You found six? Yeah, I found six. Huh? I have. Yeah, they're hard to just do a a find with the ellipses, three dots, and so I see two of them on page three. I see one on page four. What am I missing here? It's. I've been trying to find them because when it highlights them, you could barely see them, but they're right. there. You have to look at every word because, yeah. But uh, do a search like that or have someone on your team do a search. I think you'll find, according to my... I will do that program. during the break that we're about to hit in just a second. Because yeah. I just I just read this, but I, I read slowly. I tend to read word for word. I, you know, it's it slows me down, but I, I enjoy reading. And I also, you know, I think it helps with writing. But I'll, I'll look. I'll, and I'll, I will do that during the break. Mike, thanks a lot for the call. It's great to hear from you. I've been researching CrowdStrike and ellipses. I did, I did pull the document, a PDF of the document, and did a Control-F search for ellipses for the three dots that indicate that something has been deleted. And uh, the only ones that are actually in the text are those three that I've identified. There's another one that, according to the PDF document, is on either side of a period. There were actually three periods there. And uh, I don't know if that's just an artifact of the, of the PDF document or if there was actually an ellipsis there and they decided to uh, white out a couple of the dots on either side of it. I don't know, but they're still showing up when you do a control F on the PDF off the uh, Washington Post page. So, you know, interesting stuff. Chris in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Hey, Chris, what's on your mind today? Yeah, hey, Tom. You know, I just want to mention, um, you know, like you've already talked about some of the stuff, you know, as far as the inaccuracy of the uh, the document there. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are assuming that, uh, okay, here it is, you know, uh, take it. But we don't even know if it's the right phone call. I mean, it sounds like it could be, right? But yeah. we don't know for sure. And, uh, you know, no one's really talking about that. And when I say no one, I mean, you know, in the general media. You know, yeah. That's one of the yeah, well, that's the point. I mean, the whistleblower is talking about, you know, there's eight different incidents, at least according to the media that we're hearing. 
This transcript, which is supposed to be a 30-minute conversation or these notes of a 30-minute conversation, if you read it out loud, runs about 10 minutes. If you read it slowly, maybe 12 or 15 at the most, and then there's three spots where there's ellipses in there. So we just don't know what's going on with it. And uh, plus, this is, you know, I think this is the shiny object that is being dangled in front of us to say, here, look at this. Don't talk about the whistleblower. Jimmy in Los Angeles. Hey, Jimmy, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, first time caller. I really love your show. I think you do a great job. Thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the transcript memo you guys have been talking about. You just mentioned it now. Certainly should be concerned about the ellipsis and then deleting stuff. Of course, Trump lies 12,000 times. We can't trust anything he says or puts out. But I will say, MSNBC, they actually did have somebody on recently who is one of those people who transcribed those notes for these phone calls, and he said it's not uncommon for a 30-minute call to be pared down to about 15 minutes of content because there's a translator. There's usually a translator translating back and forth. So I want to let you know, it's not coming from me, it's coming from somebody who does this, mm-hmm. that I don't think I'm as concerned about the length of the content that you're concerned about. I'm certainly concerned, concerned about the deleted content, which probably happened. Yeah. But the length, I'm not as concerned because it, there's usually translators involved, and that'll take up half the phone call itself. Well, we'll find out. We will find out. I, I don't know how competent Zelensky is in English, but it seems like this was a conversation entirely in English. We'll find out. Joe in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hi, Tom. I want to tell about what I saw in Lawrence O'Donnell. He had Larry Pfeiffer on, who was the chief of staff for the Situation Room under Obama, and he was talking about the transcripts. And he said that these aren't actually transcripts of conversations. What these are is you have three people sitting in the Situation Room wearing headphones, sitting at keyboards, and they're typing their little hearts out. After the phone call, they get together and they come up with a rough draft of what they think was said. This thing gets passed on to um, a member of the NSC who finalized, probably someone who knows a little bit more about the topic. He finalizes it, and that becomes the the transcript. There are no tape recordings. They quit doing that in the 70s, I guess, after Nixon. Yeah. Yeah, and so these sense. really aren't transcripts. These are just yeah. I, I, I no, I get that, uh, Joe, and and that's the that's how it's typically done, and presumably that's how it was done in this case. But still, the the this uh, well, a I'm still concerned about the ellipses, and b sure. Um, uh, I as I said, I think that this is the shiny object that is supposed to distract us. Uh, you know, oh, from, what, from what's really going on here. Thanks a lot for the call, yeah. Joe, and thanks for sure. listening to us in, okay. in uh, Louisville there. Uh, Richard in Chicago. Hey, Richard, you're on the air. What's up? Oh, hi. I was just going to, uh, that was exactly what I heard today, too, that uh, the, there uh, most likely isn't, uh, hard to believe, uh, a recording of this. I have no idea why, and, and if it's changed, that was the guy's point, right. is that he doesn't have current knowledge. So I, I was going to hang up, actually, because of you know, the prior caller. Okay, well, uh, you know, point, point made. Thanks a lot for the call. Glenn in Fall City, Washington. Hey, Glenn, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Uh, my thinking through this whole thing is, yes, we've got the uh, impeachment to deal with. We've been hoping for that for a long time. Um, but the Republicans have been the law and order party for so long, and obviously they're not. That's a real missed marketing point. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Republicans, the by and large, are, are the law and order party when it comes to black people. Yes, <laughs> agreed. So when it comes to uh, you know, broader marketing and um, 
doing a little bit of uh, countermeasures to the political uh, backlash that might happen with impeachment, even though we're not going to convince anyone. Um, Still just saying, like, no, we need to reinforce these laws that Trump got around. How would you like it if a Democratic president did all this stuff? No, we need to strengthen the institution of our democracy. Yeah, exactly. Do you want future uh, presidents, you know, do you you want President Biden or President Warren or President Sanders cutting deals with foreign governments to help themselves get elected and to smear their political opponents? I don't think so. And that's the point. Well said, Glenn. Diane in San Diego. You're on the air, Diane. I'm not from San Diego, but oh, anyway. Oh, Palm Springs, right? <laughs> no, Bodfish. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyhow, you're on the air. What's up? Anyway, I was watching MSNBC last night, and that, that question came up. Do they still record the presidents when they talk to foreign leaders on the phone? Right. And no, they don't do it anymore. I guess they stopped doing it in the 70s. Right, the yeah. Uh, post, Post-Nixon, I have heard that also. Anyway. Thank you, Diane. appreciate okay. the call. Paul in uh, Seattle. Hey, Paul. Thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's up? Well, of all the thousands and thousands of reasons to impeach Trump, I wonder what the effect is of choosing this one, because it doesn't really move the needle in terms of Republicans versus Democrats. But what it does make me feel is that I need to rally behind Joe Biden and and not criticize Joe Biden. So I think it's really helping him to lock up the nomination. It's a form it of, might. Uh, it, it might also spill over on him, and that's what Trump is trying to do. And, and, and we forget, and thank you, Paul, for the call, we forget that this is the second whistleblower who has come forward. Right? The first one came forward three or four weeks ago in the IRS about somebody in the chain of command at the IRS who is involved with Donald Trump's taxes and the refusal of the IRS and Trump's toadies, Trump's, Trump's guys, to hand his, apparently, to hand his taxes over to Richard Neal, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, that the, the law explicitly says, hey, you know, you, you have to do this. And then they're saying no. Rick in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, Rick, what's up? Hey, Tom, really enjoy the show. I uh, just had a quick question. It, it seems like this is almost like an administrative coup. And if the attorney general has kind of abdicated any willingness to hold anyone accountable for anything in the face of of however obvious and egregious the acts may be, who does? And what are our options here? I mean, it just seems like we're we're just kind of sit here and, and take it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, and, and I think that this is, you know, William Sapphire back in the day in 92 called him cover up General Barr because he covered up Iran-Contra by recommending to George Herbert Walker Bush when he was the attorney general that Bush pardon Elliot Abrams and Ollie North and three other people, which shut down the entire Iran-Contra investigation. I think it's a big deal. Richard in San Antonio, Texas. You're on the air, Richard. Yeah, hi, Tom. Am I overthinking things? worried about the idea that the Democrats are going to screw this whole thing up. Don't they go on <laughs> You're not overthinking it. <laughs> don't they go on recess on Friday for two weeks? So for two weeks, we could not very easily lose the narrative of this whole thing. Yeah. And we could. Well, this is something 50, when, when Congressman Pocan. And never get anybody. Yeah. And, you know, we've had this for 24 hours. We don't know what's going to, you know, how the next two weeks are going to play. There's supposed to be a congressional recess. The committees involved, or at least the Intelligence Committee at the very least, will probably not recess. But, you know, we'll find out probably by the end of the day today. Richard, thank you for the call.
I've got an important message for all my listeners. Economists will tell you that rising gold prices are an indicator of a failing currency. Well, gold is already up over 10% just since January and up over 33% in the last three years. What is all this really telling us? Well, the last crash was just a warning. It's only been papered over with trillions of dollars in new debt, and statistically, the next crash is already overdue. This reality has pushed the demand for precious metals to price levels not seen in nearly six years. The time to buy gold is now, before the crash and before the next price increase. The big questions everyone asks are, who can I trust and what types of gold do I buy? Call my friends at ITM Trading at one own gold the proper gold and silver strategy will help secure all your major assets, including your entire wealth portfolio. Call ITM Trading at one own gold Ask them for their free gold protection guide and secure your wealth while you still can. That's 1-888-O-W-N-G-O-L-D. one own gold And welcome back. Tim in Aloha, Oregon. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? It's just a reoccurring theme is what's going on. When uh, the, Mueller, the redacted Mueller report came out, Barr and Rush Limbaugh and Fox News said that was totally vindicated him, which his base went along with. All this is another uh, repeat is basically what's going on. They don't care. They're not talking to anybody, but their base, basically, is what they're doing. And, you know, a prime example is that when I listened to your show yesterday, you had a guy named Josh, and then there was another guy named Lafayette, and a guy named Edwin, and they were both Republicans. And the disgust in your face and the, and the, the confusion based on those calls was just scary, you know. That's what we have to understand what's going on in this country. That's the base that keeps yeah. You know, partially keeping that man in office. Yeah, know? I was talking with uh, Jefferson Smith about this yesterday, a fellow who fills in for me a lot here. He was pointing out that there's apparently a new book out, and I've got to track it down and read it, where they took millions and millions of data points having to do with uh, people's participation on Facebook and Twitter. And what they found was that people who identify themselves as conservative or right-wingers or whatever you want to call it, even Republicans, that basically they live in one complete bubble. And, and the biggest attractors in that bubble, the things that draw the most attention and the most activity and that tend to be the things that interconnect most of these people, are the most extreme positions of it. The, 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 the Fox News, the right-wing hate radio, um, the uh, Alex Jones stuff, all that kind of stuff. That, that's, and it, and, but it's, a, it, it's nearly sealed. And then you look at the rest of America, and they're just scatterplots. I mean, they're all over the place, and there's not a strong attractor on the left or, or in, for the rest of the country, for that matter, you know, with regard to politics. I mean, there might be for cat videos, but not, not for politics. And it, it, this conservative infrastructure that they have built out is just mind-boggling, but the, but the two just don't meet. They're, you know, the Venn diagrams used to overlap, and they don't anymore, and that's a, a real tragedy, frankly, for our, uh, for our democracy. Um, uh, anyhow, i, I got to move along, Tim. Thanks for the call. Jim in Oakland, California. Hey, Jim, what's up? How you doing, Tom? I'd like to just say that I think uh, the transcript releases a diversion to slow down the momentum that Elizabeth Warren has gained, because I think she's more popular than Biden. And, and I think they would like to have Biden as opposed to Elizabeth Warren. I think we could have them both, but Warren would be the president. Well, anything is possible. Are, are you suggesting, is the bottom line of what you're saying, Jim, that you think that this whole kerfuffle is going to help or hurt Joe Biden? It's helping Joe Biden because he's getting a lot of attention to how Trump is so afraid of him. Right. So for people that support Biden, they're like, yeah, okay, this is exactly what we want. 
I yeah. think Biden can be there, but I think we should have Elizabeth Warren as our president. Yeah, I'm, and, I, you know, personally, I'm more in favor of one of the more progressive candidates, but I'll support, you know, whoever the party nominates, yeah. but, but, you know, or wh- I, whoever I, we I all agree. nominate by showing up and voting in the damn primaries. But, but yeah, I think so, I Jim. And I, I think that if this, you know, if Biden becomes the nominee and this was the attack that they were planning on him, you know, oh, you know, right. his son was on the board of this gas company in Ukraine. That's corrupt. I think right. they may have blown it up, you know, and this probably, you know, Trump and all these guys on the right, they did not plan for this to be coming out. They, they planned for this to be, right. you know, they were they were doing their research that they were going to roll out then next year after the after the primaries, frankly, I think. But Jim, thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate it. Bob Nate is up next, a former congressman from Ohio, now a reporter with Talk Media News. We will find out his thoughts on this. He, Bob and I have been talking in an email here this morning about the whole transcript thing and, and the ellipses and all that stuff. Stick around. We'll be right back. So there's a new paper out from uh, Breakthrough, the National Center for Climate Restoration in Australia. This is one of these papers that you know companies buy these things, governments buy them from these think tanks. This is done by a bunch of military experts. One of these guys actually was also the chairman of the Australian Coal Association and chief executive of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. The bottom line, and I'll just get to it real quick, even for two degrees Celsius warming, more than a billion people may need to be relocated. And in high-end scenarios, the scale of destruction is beyond our capacity to model with a high likelihood of human civilization coming to an end. They do offer a solution. It's a radical Marshall-style program. You can check out the entire thing at TomHartman.com. Can we talk media news and find out what's going on in the world today? On the line with us is the author of Sideswiped, former Ohio Congressman Bob Nay. Congressman, uh, welcome back to the program. Have you had an opportunity to dig into the ellipses that you and I were talking about offline uh, just before I went on the air? Well, yes, you know, Tom, the thing that struck me, and I thought maybe it was just me, you know, as we had talked, I read through that at a very slow voice pace. I read it out loud, and I'm talking about the transcript. And the reason I did, no matter what I did, whatever I came up with, the transcript started at 9.03, the call did, it ended at 9.33. That's 30 minutes of conversation. The best I could do was two or four minutes per page. So if you total that up, you have 20 minutes. Therefore, somewhere along the line, I'm going to conservatively, safely say, eight to ten minutes is missing. Right. And somebody called and said, well, wait a minute, there were translators on this thing. That would have added time. But if there were, if Zelensky is not fluent in English, and I honestly don't know the answer to the question of whether he is or he isn't, but if everything that was said by each party had to be translated, then there's too much content here. (laughs) Well, well, exactly. But also, in uh, translation, too, they have devices. I've used them myself on NATO trips with congressional delegations where you do have an earpiece, Tom, and it's translated as you speak. Oh, real-time translation, right. Absolutely. We did it in Strasbourg with the late Tom Lantos. We went through uh, tons of hours of hearings to do that. They use this earpiece. It's simultaneously translated, and you talk back. Otherwise, they would have to uh, do normal translation. They don't do that. So I'm going to hold to the 8 to 10 minutes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So so there's 8 to 10 minutes missing, and there's three spots in here where there are... 
three dots and ellipses indicating that something's been deleted. And just by coincidence, they happen to be the three most sensitive things that are discussed. CrowdStrike, which was the company that analyzed Hillary Clinton's server and said, yeah, it was Fancy Bear and whatever the other, you know, the, the Russians who were in here, the DNC server, excuse me, and Joe Biden and the whole weapons thing. I mean, this, this is crazy. And again, they're not doing a Skype call, Tom, so they have earpieces. That is very common. It cuts down the amount of time for these calls. Yeah. So what's the latest news on any of this, or are we up to date right now with this? And what's the deal with the whistleblower? I understand that the, that we're being told, sorry, you're not going to get the... It, it, Congress is being told, sorry, you're not going to get the whistleblower report. Well, the whistleblower uh, wants to speak, which there's no reason that the whistleblower uh, cannot speak because the White House cannot tell the whistleblower not to talk. Right. Now, they can do that in a closed forum. They can do it in an open forum. That would depend on what the attorney for the whistleblower would think would be best. Uh, at this point in time, probably the name's going to come out anyway, you know, with this high, high level of case. And I doubt anything could be done to them anyway because there's too much focus on this. So I think the whistleblower is important to try to verify are there pieces missing in this conversation that we don't know about, number one. But number two, with the, with the content of this, it's very clear that Chairman Nadler, who has called upon Attorney General Barr to recuse himself from anything to do with this case, is correct in this, in this situation, Tom, because now that it's been mentioned that the President was not only going to have the Attorney General of the United States communicate about um, uh, uh, Mr. Biden, but he was also going to have his own uh, a political personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, communicate. So therefore, there is no way that the Attorney General of the United States can uh, be part of investigating anything when it comes to this. There's no way. It's got to be the Judiciary Committee. On Fox News again last night, Gi Giuliani for the second time said, uh, no, I didn't go on my own. I didn't go as the president's lawyer. I went for the State Department. Is he desperately trying to stay out of jail or is... is uh, you know, is our Secretary of State here, Mr. Pompeo, up to his eyeballs in this stuff? Well, there's a couple of things here. You know, first of all, who pays Rudy Giuliani? Uh, has he been paid by the campaign? Is he doing this pro bono? If he's doing this pro bono, then that is in-service kind to the campaign if he's doing political actions on behalf of the President of the United States. So therefore, that's a campaign finance violation, frankly. Uh, otherwise, if he went for the State Department, is he on official payroll of the United States? Or can he officially speak for the United States? Because, by the way, if he can't officially speak for the United States, he has violated the Logan Act which is conducting basically foreign policy as a citizen of the United States. Yeah, yeah, remarkable. Sure. So, Either way you turn it, Rudy Giuliani does not fit into this process. Right. So Mitt Romney this morning said, this is troubling, and that's about as far as he would go. You served in Congress for a number of years. Uh, you know a lot of these guys on both sides, frankly, although you were on the Republican side at the time. How do you think this is going to play out? Well, no, this is interesting because, first of all, everybody is starting to compare this to the Nixon, the Clinton impeachment. These are all completely different scenarios, completely. Clinton was a one-based issue of perjury. Nixon resigned due to pressure. You know, uh, First of all, Trump is not going to resign due to pressure. Now, the, the, Do you think he might if he cuts a deal? No, I don't think he will. I, I don't believe. First of all, I think, Tom, that he was not supposed to bring up Biden's name in this call. I really don't think he was supposed to. Himself. He just did it impulsively. I think there were, 
Yes, there were, he couldn't help himself. You know, it's the art of the deal. He <laughs> looks at everything like a business instead of politics. Uh, Tom, I don't believe he was supposed to bring this up. They were going to wait and let it fester. And he brought it up, and now I, he's putting Republicans in a box. If more comes out towards these conversations and one or two people start to go, the president's going to have a problem with the Republican side. Very interesting. Bob Ney with Talk Media News. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Tom. Great talking with you. Bob in Chicago. Hey, Bob, thanks for listening to WCPT. What's up? Hi, Tom. I want to remind everybody that during the 2015 primaries, Donald Trump nicknamed six senators with names that earmarked them as less than. And I want people to probably call those senators and remind them that Donald Trump has never been their friend, will never be their friend, and We'll be happy to rename them again should they give them an opportunity to run for office again in 2020. Right. That's a good one. And little Marco, et cetera. Now, right. What, what Ryan Ted. Right. Yeah. Mitt Romney. There are six, I believe it's six Republican senators in the Senate right now. Right. Who were directly affected by the direct recipients of, of Trump's trash talking. Right. Yeah, it's a good one. Bob, thank you for the call. Barbara in Sun City, Arizona. Hey, Barbara, what's on your mind today? Hi, quickly. On CNN last night, a former Ukrainian ambassador was being interviewed, and he didn't speak English. It was a translated, and it was like a British version of CNN. Mm-hmm. And he said the fiasco in the Ukraine benefits Russia. In well, this was Ukraine one of the original questions, was did Donald Trump withhold this funding from Ukraine because he wanted them to trash Joe Biden, you know, make up something that, that would look bad for the vice president? Or was he doing it because he had been told to do it by President Putin or by somebody, you know, one of the autocrats or oligarchs in the region? Exactly. And nobody, you know, tells the truth when you're you know, in prime time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Barbara, thanks so much for the call. It's great to hear from you, and thank you for watching Free Speech TV. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Tomorrow, it's it's really going to hit the fan with the Director of National Intelligence, Mr. McGuire, as I recall, testifying before the U.S. House of Representatives uh, Committee on Intelligence. Uh, this is going to get fascinating, and it's getting very, very real. And, oh, I never got to the talking points. The Trump administration sent out the talking points that they're sending to the people who are going on Fox News by accident to all the Democrats in the House of Representatives. They're freaking out. They're begging for them back. Anyhow, don't forget, democracy requires you. Tag, your it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.